Hey friends, I am so excited that we are here for another edition of Productivity and Proverbs 31. And before we get too much further into today's podcast, I just want to give you a heads up and a warning that there may be some words and terms that we talk about in today's episode that you may not be ready for your little littles to know, or maybe you don't want to explain them to your little older children. So we are going to be dealing with technology and the ramifications that it's having on our kids and how you parent through that as a young mom and some of the real concerns that come along with that. So this might be an episode that you want to listen to by yourself. Maybe plug your headphones in and listen alone and then it'll be a topic that you can discuss with your husband. But I am just so excited to introduce another amazing woman and friend that I have met, Michelle Adams, in today's episode. So you might want to shoo the kids away or get your headphones, go ahead and hit pause and then join us back over here. Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee, and let's get started. All right, I'm going to jump right in and introduce you to a new friend that I have made, Michelle Adams. She is just amazing and has blessed my heart in so many ways, and we've only had just a couple of short conversations. She has a master's in her social work from Asbury University here in Kentucky. She's worked in a psychiatric hospital, private foster care, and residential home for teenage mothers. Also, if I'm reading this right, Michelle, you license foster home and your mental health therapist. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. And she's currently employed at the Children's Advocacy Center as a forensic interviewer and a child and family therapist. Now, Michelle, that's a lot there. So why don't we start with, tell us about yourself and your and your family, and then we'll unpack what it is that you do. So I, I've been married for going on 13 years. His name's Michael. So we're, he's the boy version of me, you know, Michael and Michelle. <laughs> and we have four kids. So I have an eight-year-old little girl, a six-year-old boy, and a three-year-old boy. And I just recently had a baby, another baby girl who is about five months old now. We are very busy at our house. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are. We had five, so I can identify. So tell me what it means to be a forensics interviewer. What is, it, what is that even? I know it, it is such an interesting job title, <laughs> one that not many people understand when I say that's what I do. So a forensic interviewer, we interview any children that are involved with any sort of case where there is allegations or suspicions of a crime committed against a child. So that would include sexual abuse, physical abuse, a witness to a crime, anything where a child is involved at law enforcement or DCBS or your child services would need information from a child. They bring them to our center 
and we are trained to interview kids. We interview kids from two to, to 18 in a way that forensically holds up in a court setting, meaning um, it's very child-friendly. We take into account development of the child um, to make sure that we're giving them the, the most comfortable experience that we can to be able to make sure that we're getting the information to keep the child or any other children safe. I had said that we we're going to delve into technology and how to parent our children safely. And that came about from us discussing the work that you're doing in some of the cases, not that you discussed the details of the cases, but the experience of just several cases that you had had recently. So I'm just going to let you jump on the soapbox. We've, I've prayed about this and covered it in prayer and will continue to do so as you share your heart on what technology and how we handle that with our kids should look like. Of course. So obviously I'm a young mom too. And I'm walking through this with all of you. <laughs> and, you know, because of the uniqueness of my job and what I do, I think I have a pretty unique picture and a window into what's going on with young people in the culture that we're raising them in today. And it is, it's a different landscape than even I knew I was walking into as a parent. And it's definitely different than, than my parents could relate to, or my, you know, my grandparents. So I think that was why it was really on my heart to talk to young moms um, and grandparents and parents about how this is changing because it is, it is happening so quickly that it has just been very jarring to me. And it's just been on my heart to make sure that people are thinking about these things before you make choices in parenting to where you're already sort of knee deep in the river that you can't really turn back. It feels like you can't turn back. So the first thing I will say is no matter what choices you've already made with children and technology in your home, you can always change them. <laughs> you know, humility and parenting is huge. I apologize to my kids frequently. <laughs> and we, you know, we've changed a lot of things in our, in our, say almost everything that I thought I would do as a parent, you know, I've kind of changed my mind on, it seems like. And so you can always change. And I don't want anybody to hear this and think, oh gosh, I'm doing it all wrong. That is not the message today. The message is simply that these things are out there, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that, and this is just a new tactic. So we just have to discern it hopefully before it comes or when it's operating your home so that you know some other safety tips to think about with your husband as you're raising young, our little young ones. Sorry, that was oh, a lot of information, but I think the place to start and what I would say to families is we're introducing technology to kids at a really young age. Um, even in the school setting. So if you have technology in your home, I would be very aware of what your kids are watching, what they're listening to, even the music that they're listening to and the, the shows on TVs, especially if there's any use of tablets in your home. Because I always tell families, our kids are one click away from seeing that can't be unseen or hearing something that can't be unheard. And that is really hard. And that is, you know, it's like the wild west of parenting. You know, <laughs> it seems like there's a whole lot of things on the internet that we don't really have control over. That is my main message today. And also I think my heart of it all and what is really to limit the technology that your kids are utilizing. Our little people need to use their imaginations. They need to use any creative juices that they have. And I don't know about you all. We just got done with, with Christmas and all these gifts. And my kids are playing with the boxes <laughs> that the gifts came in. And 
I personally have loved watching that. I'm constantly shocked after you have the initial uncomfortable crying tears of, hey, we're not watching any TV. We're going to play outside. You know, you lay down the law one Saturday afternoon. And after the tears go, man, they are out there. They are building rocks and sticks and climbing trees and building with boxes and making up a game. And that is such a moment that I cherish watching my kids do that. And so I just encourage every young mom, grandparent listening to try it. Just try it. Well, and I appreciate that you are coming as a young mom because most of my podcasts, I say, I'm not a peer going through the fire with you, but I'm a hand pulling you out of the mire to help you see that there is hope on the other side. But having a background in speech pathology and deaf education, if we only looked at language development, of course, I'm going to sound like a grandmother saying, cut out the TV, cut out the technology, <laughs> limit it as much as possible because it has such an adverse effect on language and language development. But we're actually looking at a whole different level of sophistication above our language development and our ability to concentrate and ADHD and how TV and how it reprograms your brain. So I think you saying as a fellow mom going through the fire, y'all, this is really big, this is serious, has a little bit more of an impact. Is Can you share with me, what are some of the things that you're seeing on your side, of the, on the, the business side, the, the other side of the desk that has really given you a heart for this and that we need to get this message out? So I would say, um, so I, like I said, I interview kids a couple days a week and I have done probably thousands of interviews over the last few years. And I would say in these last, even this last year, gone through this pandemic and kids have been so isolated and technology was in some ways very helpful for some families or even pushed on our kids through the school system. And so the cases that I've seen, and I, you all, I could not give you a statistics, but the amount of cases that I'm seeing where that it involves technology in some, in some way, and the, the age of the kids, I'm talking, you know, seven and eight year olds that have, you know, sometimes it's kids seeing something that they are then acting out on another child or, or even introducing to another student at school. And we're trying to interview the child to say, Hey, where'd you learn that from <laughs> to make sure nobody is doing that to them. But also realizing that that is something that they have seen on, on YouTube or TikTok, all of these things, the age of children that are using this technology is shocked, the six and seven year olds. And then the lack of uh, really an assumption by parents that, Hey, but it's for kids. It's, you know, there's child locks on that. You all there, it is a, it is amazing what can slip through those things. So I'm not talking about, you know, totally negligent parents. I'm talking about parents like you and I, who are just using technology for our kids and our kids are seeing things that can't be unseen. Yeah, it's it is shocking the the age at which I'm seeing kids come in for interviews at what they are seeing at such young age the, the knowledge that they have that they are not getting necessarily from experience that they've had, but rather from um, witnessing something through technology. And these are parents that have child child sensors, child locks, child provisions on these technologies that these children are still seeing them. I went to a conference not too long ago. This is even before the pandemic. So the numbers, imagine that and the numbers, what they would be now are probably exponentially higher. And 
the main source for young children watching who are actively watching and indulging in pornographic material is not through a cell phone and not through a television, but it's actually through their Xbox or a gaming system that they're having. Because all of these gaming systems are attached to the internet through messaging, there's messaging capabilities, there's, uh, you can talk, you know, to whoever you're playing. And not only are we noticing that they are and they are able to um, watch pornography through this, but also perpetrators are able to contact them through the messaging capabilities through through these games. So anything that your child is playing that has a messaging capability, and y'all, this could be words with friends. This isn't just video games. This is apps on their phone, Roblox, these very Minecraft. These are very common, popular things. I think one of the the more shocking statistics that I've heard through the trainings that I've been going to is that the average age of a child in the United States to being, uh, that is the average age for them to be exposed to pornography is at the age of eight. And, um, and that is not through necessarily a computer or a tablet or even a cell phone, that they're actually um, able to be exposed and, and using uh, the way that they are engaging in pornographic material is through their gaming system, Xboxes, Playstations. Um, so when, and, and we're, we're seeing this trend of these, of these children also, you mentioned, you know, speech pathology, and there's tons of just generalized health issues that we are seeing with kids. The majority of that also is coming from the lack of sleep because these children are staying up, uh, playing games, playing video games into the night, which not to even mention that that is this addictive, you know, chemical release that we know that's happening in their brain, but they're also being exposed to pornographic material. So for instance, um, Minecraft is a very popular game. So if you get the free version of Minecraft and you're playing that on your PlayStation, there will be pop-up ads. And if you're a kid and you don't even mean to, you might just accidentally push a button. That pop-up ad will pop up. It's just like, you know, we used to have those issues with the computer when you have these like, you know, crazy ads come at you. Well, it's ha- that's what they're doing to the, you know, they're uh, targeting video gamers. And so a pop-up ad will come up, they'll accidentally push the button and they'll all of a sudden have seen pornographic material. And like we know with pornography, it also releases this chemical. Um, and I, you know, there's so much to even say about pornography and what it does to the brain. And so at the age that our children are being exposed, it does release a chemical when you see images like that and you, you strive for more. And so we're seeing these young kids, I mean, 10 and 11, who are uh, admitting to very frequently viewing pornographic material. And go ahead. (laughs) Those of you who are just Just listening can't see, we're actually doing this via Zoom and she's reading my facial expressions. I'm just going, oh my goodness. So what is the, okay, so you, you said at the beginning, so that's the dire scene, and I know we could go for days and we don't have time to do that, but what would be your very solid, you've already said, I'm sorry, I need to finish the thought. So what would be your very solid advice to parents who are, who are trying to navigate this, these landmines of, of raising godly children in an ungodly world that's getting worse? 
Absolutely. Well, the first thing I would do is, uh, you know, really work and value your marriage. Um, when you have a united front with your partner, with your husband, with your wife, um, it's almost, you know, if sin is missing the mark, you have to figure out what the mark is. And we always hear that in church. Well, sin's missing the mark, but what am I aiming at? And if I'm aiming at, um, you know, children who are humble, who, you know, exude the, the character of Christ, figure out what the character of Christ is and figure out how, what steps can we take as parents to ensure that we're setting our child up to succeed. And I guess my heart for what I'm sharing today is here's a stumbling block, guys. Here is something, this huge hurdle that the enemy is using. It's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, sexual immorality is throughout scripture. This is just a new way that the enemy has that's almost like free reign and access to our kids that parents are giving unknowingly. And I'm just putting out a fair warning of, hey, this is something you guys need to talk about as a family. If you have young kids, talk about that. Hey, what kind of technology are we going to have in our home? How are we going to be able to monitor that? Of course, my number one recommendation is to limit the technology, right? Let them, let them just be kids. Let them uh, be creative. Let them uh, thrive, loving to read and learn. Y'all, I wish I could say that my kids do not love to read. I'm saying all that, <laughs> being honest, my kids do not love to read. But that is something that we've talked about. Like, how do we try to ensure in them that they would love to read and learn in that way? Because we want to be lifelong learners of the word. So, um, and God will give you creative solutions to these things. But in the meantime, do not create more work for yourself by inviting technology into your home and allowing another outside influence to have direct access to your child. So if you have tablets um, and, you know, I understand being on a road trip and let, letting them, you know, let them watch a movie on your car and not in a tablet, you know, tablets are so isolating and you can't always see exactly what your child is, is looking at. If you guys are going to watch a movie, watch it as a family. There's very, if there's going to be in a computer in your home, if you have teenagers and there's a computer in your home, make sure it is an open area, a family, like the living room, the kitchen, even make sure that they do not have uh, technology that's isolated to their bedrooms where you, you're not going to be able to monitor it. If you, um, if we've talked about it, you know, I understand the need for children to have cell phones when they're driving. Um, there's some logistical things that, you know, that we have to figure out as parents, but even then, what kind of phone are you going to give them? I went to a training and uh, the trainer said, you have a young 16-year-old boy and he just got his driver's license. <laughs> are you guys going to go out and buy him a Corvette? And everyone's like, no, of course not. Of course you wouldn't. A, that you know, the insurance would be shockingly ridiculous, but <laughs> the, it's too fast. It's too powerful. It's too dangerous. That is the same thing that we need to be looking at smartphones when we give them to our teenagers. They're too fast. They're too powerful. They're too dangerous. If your child needs a cell phone. There are other options that Get just have the grandpa yeah. flip phone. <laughs> it exactly. doesn't do anything like all because that's all they need. And there was there. They do make them. Well, what else? Is there anything else you would like to add, Michelle? Anything we've left out or we haven't talked about that we need oh, to cover? I'm sure there's so much. <laughs> um, you know, this is just one of those really this is one of these topics that I, of course, could talk about forever, but it's also 
just this ongoing thing. So I guess my biggest encouragement is to, and what I hear from, from moms my age who are, is, well, you know, what are your kids going to say when they're in high school? They're the only one without a self. Well, you know, my kids already uh, do a lot of things differently than their, than their classmates. <laughs> and we've raised them like that, just saying, hey, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to do different than, than your classmates. And so you might as well get used to it now. And they, they are okay with that. Um, kids love to be a part of groups, right? They love to be a part of a club, a team. Make your family, your family unit, their number one team, their number one club. Find a community. I think my biggest advice is to find a community of people that are raising their children counterculturally and raising their children with a biblical worldview, because you don't want them to be isolated. I'm not asking you to, you know, lock your kids in the basement and <laughs> never let them out and never let them see anything bad because we are called to influence culture. And so I understand that our kids need to be exposed to culture, but they are not missionaries when they're seven. We are not dropping them in the deep end when they're seven. So we are creating these muscles for them. And uh, the biggest part of that is being a part of this family unit. Identify what your all's character is as a family. And that gives them confidence to then be able to go to their class, to go to their friends and influence that atmosphere in a way that they look different not for the purpose of just looking different, <laughs> but for the, I have a confidence in who my father is. And that is what, I, that's what we are called to do. So I think that's my biggest advice is find a community. If you're in Lexington, Kentucky, and you don't have one, get a hold of me. I will, <laughs> we will scoop you up. Well, you may get more bargained for with that. With that, let me ask this, how we can put your information in the show notes, how you would like to be contacted or your Instagram handle. If you want to share that, you can feel free. Yeah, I'm not totally countercultural, you all. I do have <laughs> social media. And then yeah, what actually does the advocacy center do? So let's say that that's on the other side, we've got a parent or a child that actually has, has some issues, has some concerns, has some things going on. Yeah. What does the Advocacy Center do? Yes, the Advocacy Center, it's a model. It's all across the country. So even if you're not in Kentucky, there is an Advocacy Center. You just you can look up on the National Adv Children's Advocacy Center .org. Um, the national CAC.org, I believe is the, the, the website. But what we do is we do inter forensic interviews, but even at, even outside of that, we are, you are always free to call a center and say, Hey, I have these concerns. I'm not really sure what's going on. And we can connect you to resources. Um, sometimes it's even just a calm, a calm a parent's mind of like, my kid is doing this and asking these questions and just being like, Hey, that's pretty normal that, you know, we would be concerned if it goes this way. We also have therapists there. Of course I am a therapist there, but I don't actively <laughs> see kids right now, but, uh, and we also have a medical clinic that offers medical services if a child um, was involved in any physical abuse or sexual assault that we would be able to help them with. So. Okay. Well, that is just a, a, a just a plateful for today. And I'm so, so thankful that you're here to bring a voice. We might have to have an encore part two um, <laughs> based on what comments we get or DMs. I just appreciate Michelle, your heart for wanting to bring glory to the Father, for bringing light to um, to an issue that we sometimes tip tiptoe around because it's so convenient, it's so mm -hmm. easy and it's so convenient that we kind of sometimes want to check our brains at the door and go, you know what, I can't, I have to get a shower. So everybody's watching TV, which believe me, there's no shame in that because I have done that myself. But when we start to do it in a mm -hmm. manner that's unmonitored and unsupervised and even if we're supervising but we don't really know what to look for it's really tricky so mm -hmm. definitely yeah finding folks like yourself that can help 
shed some light on that is so important. So thank you so much for being with us today. Gosh, no problem. Thank you. And I will just mention a couple of books. The one for parenting that I've just loved is called Collapse of Parenting. It's by Leonard Sachs. He has a lot of other books about, about parenting issues, but you have little kids. There is a book and it's called God Made All of Me. And it's really great. Just, just doing general body safety. It's a really sweet way Mm -hmm. to introduce that with private parts with your young kids. And there's um, good pictures, bad pictures. And that talks about pornography in a very child-friendly way. There's also a good pictures, bad pictures, junior for your younger kids. It does have the word pornography in it on one of the pages. So I always want to warn parents if they're not, if their kids can't read, don't read it. (laughs) Don't read that page. But if they can, uh, you just want to be aware of that too. Okay. And so now repeat those. So you had three? Yes. Collapse of Parenting. And that's by Leonard Sachs. That is a you know chapter book. He has several other books about parenting and just some of these topical issues that have come up with gender and, and some other things. I just think he's a really good resource. And these other two are children's books. So that God made all of me. It's by several different authors. If you go on Amazon, it is it pops right up there. And it's a Christian's workbook or a Christian's book for child body safety. The other one is Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And there's also a Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior for your younger kids. Well, just a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And Guys, thank you all so much for tuning in and taking the time to listen to this. I hope that you found it helpful. And, you know, I just want to be an encouragement to you. How are you raising your children? What are you pouring into them and letting them be exposed to? And as always, go be a blessing to others because when you're blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. You guys, until next time, take care. Hey, guys. Real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.